0: Thank you, young people. I appreciate that very much. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word this morning. I thank you for the wonderful truths, Lord, that are not expired, but they are amazingly just what we need every day. And I believe the truth this morning can be of help to every single person. And I pray that you'd bless those that are watching online I sure do appreciate them, and many of them I miss being here. I pray for them and love them. Those that are here in the auditorium, I pray, Lord, that you would use this truth to encourage and help all of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. From the time Satan entered into the Garden of Eden with the express intent to bring death and ruin to the world, The devil has been working to bring havoc in every way that he can. And he will do so until Christ returns. And the good news is Satan will be cast into hell and will face that eternal punishment that's prepared for him. As I walk through the pages of the Bible and of its history, It is the blessings, the miracles, and the goodness of God that attracts my attention and causes me to want to be a part of God's mighty army. However, you cannot read and study the activities. You cannot read and find the blessings and miracles and goodness without noticing they are directly connected to the great challenges, changes, and difficulties that they faced. I want to preach this morning on this subject, finding the blessings of difficult challenge and change. Finding the blessing of difficult challenge and change. You may be here this morning and you're facing a challenge in your life, maybe a change in your life. And you're frustrated and you're bothered by that challenge and you're maybe even discouraged because of that. I want you to look for the benefit. I want you to look for the blessing of the challenge that's in your life today. I want to take the scripture and show us that with every blessing, with every miracle, with every work of God, you will find that it was connected to the challenges and the changes of their day. Such is the case in our text passage this morning. Chapter 7 of the book of Acts tells us the story that Stephen is stoned to death. In fact, chapter 8 begins, and if you have not uh, familiar with chapter 7 and you don't, uh, don't read chapter 7 or know what it says, it may be confusing read, to read just verse number 1 of chapter 8. The Bible says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. Uh, what it's talking about, he was consenting unto Stephen's death uh, that had uh, been stoned to death, and the charge against him uh, was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Saul of Tarshish no doubt had something to do with the stoning death of Stephen. I believe it was here that the great conviction of the Holy Spirit set in in uh, Saul's life uh, convicting him that he may have been religious uh, but he was lost and a sinner on his way to a devil's hell. And it's not long after this he goes from a conviction uh, to a conversion and he was saved on the Damascus Road. I want us to imagine this morning what it would have been like to be a part of that church in Acts chapter 8. Let's look at it. The Bible says there was great, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. They stayed at Jerusalem, but the believers in the church were scattered. I read that and I think this morning of what's going on in Afghanistan and I understand that in Afghanistan, the Taliban is looking for Christians. And in many cases, they're being executed when they find them. I'm sorry, they're looking for Americans, not Christians. They're looking for Americans. They're looking for Americans to execute and those that were friends of America in the last 20 years. Can you imagine living in that place in Afghanistan, being an American and uh, knowing that they're going door to door looking for Americans? Uh, can you imagine going home today and then uh, uh, some type of a soldier, or some type of a person uh, comes to your door and says, we're looking for members of Clay's Mill Baptist Church and we're arresting them and putting them in jail because they've been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible said as a result, they were scattered. And I want you to think about what they're facing here. They're scattered because of that. Look at verse number 2. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial. It is important to note the word devout because it was not the ordinary man that would identify with Stephen as a Christian Understanding that Saul and his group and that Sanhedrin council are looking for these people that have followed Christ and that teach the teachings of Christ. So it takes devout men to go. I don't think there were very many people that attended a funeral service for Stephen as those devout men took him at this time of persecution and they buried him and they made great lamentation over him. Look at verse number three. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. You go house to house. You say, yep, you were there Sunday, you're going to prison. Yep, you were there Sunday, you're going to prison. Yep, you were there and you, I saw you at security and you was running the camera, uh, you're going to prison. And can you imagine the fear that came on that church? In fact, the Bible said they were scattered everywhere. Look at verse number four. Therefore, they, were, uh, they that were scattered abroad, notice this line, went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to Samaria, to the city of Samaria, and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip, uh, which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Look at verse number eight. And there was great joy in that city. I contend that Samaria heard the gospel because of the challenge and change going on in Jerusalem. Would you agree with me this morning? Would you agree that there were folks that heard the gospel that had not yet heard the gospel because of Christians and, and, it, and it was not wrong for them to live in Jerusalem. It was not wrong for them to be a part of the church but now that they're scattered, rather than closing their mouth, they continue to open their mouth and give the gospel everywhere they go and before there was not great joy in Samaria but now there's great joy in Samaria. I read Acts chapter 8 and I read about Samaria and I have I've preached in using this passage of scripture to say to young men called to preach, you can bring great joy to a town, to a township, to a city, to a countryside if you'll take the wonderful gospel and grace of Jesus and preach that men can be set free from their sin. But we don't often connect that to what caused that scattering. But as I read and I find the miracles, the miracles came came to take place after a challenge, after a change. I love to preach about that great story when Jesus goes uh, to where Lazarus is buried and Mary and Martha, they're weeping and uh, one said, had you been here, my brother had not died. And I love to read the story and preach the story of how uh, the Lord Jesus spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth. He come out of that uh, grave there, out of that tomb and he said, uh, loose him and let him go. And they took uh, the grave clothes off of him. Can I tell you that miracle didn't take place except a challenge and that was the death of Lazarus as you go through the scripture every single miracle all of them were attached to a challenge now here's why I'm preaching this you facing a challenge today we are in our world We are in our nation. We can list many challenges. And if we're not careful, we'll look for reasons to be discouraged or reasons to be depressed. Or we can say, God's about to do something right now. I want to look for God. I want to have faith in Him. Because in every challenge, Jesus is there. In every change, Jesus is there. In every attack, Christ is there. That's what we want to look for. You go through the scripture and and just give you a a couple of illustrations. It was a significant change uh, when the Holy Spirit called, uh, later called Paul uh, to leave the church at Antioch and go into the work of the gospel as a missionary. Uh, That was a great change. When you take some of the very best Christians uh, and leaders from a church and you take them out, Uh, that leaves an empty hole. But it also gives an opportunity for more people to serve. Some may see it as, well, I guess that church will close, or others may say, well, we got to step up and get the job done. So with every blessing, there has been a challenge. I think of the storms that the disciples faced in their short three and a half years of ministry with Christ at when Jesus was on the earth. And I, I think of the, the storms, uh, and oftentimes that's where the miracles took place. That's when Jesus came walking on the water. That's when Jesus stood on the bow of the ship and he said uh, to the wind and to the waves, uh, Peace be still. And all of a sudden it became like glass. That didn't happen. That didn't happen uh, without the challenge of the storm, without the change of weather that they went through. What's going on in your life today that is a great challenge? Perhaps it's an unfair attack against you as an individual or something has happened that is not, is not fair and it's not right and you can't help it, but doesn't matter with that challenge. There is a blessing uh, to be found. I think of the ascension of Christ in Acts chapter 1. Jesus has been on earth for these 33 plus years. He's had a public ministry now for a little more than three years. When Jesus goes into heaven, I probably would have been like those men that were standing, just standing there gazing, and I can imagine some saying, what are we going to do now? Christ is gone. But they did what Christ had commanded them to do. They went everywhere preaching the gospel. Think of the challenge and the changes that took place in the early church as the seven churches of Asia Minor once stood without compromise to proclaim the mighty gospel of Christ. But later in compromise, their church was destroyed and was gone Uh, We have no hope. Yes, we do have hope. We need others to step up and do the work and take the place uh, where others uh, once uh, were. I grew up in a a preacher's home as my uh, dad and my mom founded uh, the church in 1972 in Hazard Bible Baptist Church. A lot of things have changed uh, uh, since then. I I remember, and I often say, we didn't have any thermostats on the walls in those church buildings. Of course, we didn't need it because we didn't have a furnace. We didn't have an air conditioner. We did have a a, a furnace, it was a coal stove in the back of the church. I I remember Dad calling for Sunday school, everybody be in the back around the coal stove. I said, Dad, you ought to put that coal stove up on the platform and keep everybody close. I I, I remember those days the air conditioner we had was an Engel Funeral Home fan on a stick and it had had the Good Shepherd on one side and the Engel Funeral Home on the other. And there have been a lot of changes. Uh, I'll preach on the 50th anniversary in July at Bible Baptist Church there in Hazard uh, where I was just a boy when Dad started the church. I've seen a lot of changes in those days and those 50 years. There have been a lot of challenges in those uh, 50 years, but those that press on find the benefit. And I want to say to you today, press on in the challenge. Press on in the change. Don't give up on God. Don't quit on God. Don't quit in life. Don't let discouragement and despair set in because with every challenge, there's an opportunity for God's blessings. Let Let me share some blessings that we found in challenge. First of all, much of the scripture came from times of challenge or change. Think about it. The book of Galatians, Paul wrote that letter uh, to the church at Galatia because there were those who attacked the simplicity of the gospel. There were those, the Judaizers, they said, you can't just pray and get saved, you still have to keep the law. And Paul wrote a letter uh, to the church at Galatians, said, you did run well, Uh, who who has hindered you from running? Uh, And we have the great book of Galatians, you know why? There was a challenge to the gospel. Some may say, well, we just have to give up. We've got too many enemies. And others may say, no, we don't want to give up. We want to step up because God can use a challenge in our life. Can I say it was challenges in life that made the Scripture or a portion of Scripture or portions of Scripture come alive in your life? You see, it was times of difficulty, it was times of sickness, it was times of being alone that the Word of God became so special and became precious to you. And the Scripture, much of it came because of a challenge. The letters of 1 and 2 Corinthians were written to the church at Corinth because they misunderstood and they had so many things out of order. For example, they took the Lord's Supper and they made a big feast out of it. Now, the poor people didn't get to come because they didn't have any food to bring and they were neglected. And and Paul said, no, 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 this is not a feast. This is a memorial. This is a a remembrance as you take the bread and the the wine and, and, and you remember the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a time for a feast for you. It's a time to remember Christ. The book of 1 and 2 Corinthians, those are great letters of instruction and helped us. It came from a challenge. What challenge are you facing today? Hey, a college student, what challenge are you facing? Don't look for an opportunity of despair and excuse. Look for a blessing in that challenge. The book of Revelation, it was written by a man that was quarantined to the island of Patmos. (laughs) He was put out there to die. And that was a terrible death to be just put out there on the island of Patmos all alone. They said, we'll stop him from preaching the gospel. And, 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 and they said, uh, he's always preaching the gospel and, and we're going to put him out there uh, on the island of Patmos and just let him starve to death. Ah, oh, but dear friend, that challenge, uh, the Bible said that John, he was uh, in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was having fellowship with God and he said, I heard a voice uh, behind me as of a mighty trumpet and God spoke and gave the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation came from a time of challenge. See, a time of challenge is not a time for you to quit. It's time for us to step up. It's time for us to look for the blessing and the benefit. I say not only do we have scripture from a time of challenge, and by the way, if you're facing a challenge in your life, find those Psalms, find those Proverbs, the Psalms, because we can relate to them in times of difficulty in their prayers. The Psalmist prayed to God in times of challenge, and they helped him, and they'll help us. Find verses that will help you through your challenge. You don't need uh, the help of just a friend. You need the help of the scripture to help you in times of difficulty. Uh, Find the book of Proverbs for wisdom. There's so many stories in the Bible. Uh, They can come alive if you'll take your challenge and put it in there and say, I'll not bow, I'll not bend, but I'll stand uh, for what is right. Scripture is a blessing in time of challenge. Let me give you the second thing. Difficult challenge is what has given to us many of our songs. Not just the scripture. Most of the songs that we sing, you know where they came from? Somebody faced a challenge. But they didn't quit. God gave them a song. For example, there's a song we sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Well, it's a great song. Irasanke said, What a friend we have in Jesus was written around eighteen fifty five to comfort the writer's mother in a time of sorrow, and it was just a note written to his mother never intending for anyone else to see that letter that was written. But Ira Sankey and others took that and they put music and they, and they arranged the words for that wonderful song. What a friend we have in Jesus. I take the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Find that song for me, Brother Young. I want us to look at it. Look, look we'll get that number right here. It is well with my soul. We'll look at it. I want to show you where it came from. 275. 275, Look at it. You talk about a great song. Boy, this is a great song. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. And in the chorus he repeats, It is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Look at verse 2. Though Satan should buffet, and though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control, that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate, and hath shed his own blood for my soul. Ah, it gets better. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Look at the name at the top, if you will. H.G. Spafford. He was an attorney. His wife's name was Anna and they had four daughters. The fire, referred to as the Great Chicago Fire, destroyed most of his business in 1871. Two years later, his wife Anna and their four daughters were aboard an ocean liner. When that ocean liner was struck by another vessel, all four of their daughters drowned. His wife survived, and nine days later, was able to contact her husband by telegraph with this question, Saved Alone-What Shall I Do? Spafford took the next available ship to join his wife. And during the passage, the captain of the ship notified Spafford as their ship was crossing the place where the ship had sunk that his wife and daughters were on, after those moments of reflection and over the course of the rest of the journey, Spafford penned the words of that beloved hymn, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Where did that blessing come from? It came from a challenge. It came from a change. It came from a tragedy. I'm saying, folks, nothing can happen in our life unless God allows it. And when God allows the difficulties that come in our life, don't despair, don't get angry at God, but press on in the difficulty for surely there is a blessing, there is a benefit in the challenge. Third of all, not only do we have the blessing of the scripture, we have the blessing of song, we have the blessing of surrender. When the church at Antioch was scattered because of persecution, the Bible said they went everywhere preaching the gospel. Philip went to Samaria, and in those difficult days, many come to know Christ as Savior, and word spread. Some would ask, what's going on? They're persecuting the Christians. What's a Christian? A Christian is one who believes that he's a sinner and that his sin will take him to hell But Jesus that they've crucified on the cross that rose again. They believe he paid for their sin. And their sin are forgiven by faith in him. And one day that he's coming back to receive uh, his children. To be with them in heaven. Oh, they said that sounds like a wonderful thing. It beats living life here on earth under the condemnation of sin. And because, dear friend, of the fact of of the persecution and the challenge they faced. There was surrender in the hearts of many Christians. There were some that worked to hurt Paul and his work of preaching the gospel. Paul ignored them and he stayed surrendered to God rather than being sidetracked by them. We know that he used it as a challenge to press forward. I know many of you, and have been your pastor many, many years, and so many of you, I've prayed for you this week, and I know your concerns. I, I, I know what you're facing, and 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 I pray for you. I, I'm glad to see Josiah back. He's been away and training for a month, and I was glad when I got the note that he came back. Uh, you know, when when parents carry a burden uh, for their child or their grandchild, and and Brother uh, Coker that's been in the hospital, and on and on, and I can look around the room. I can tell you. I know what your burdens are. I know what you pray for. I want to tell you those are not reasons to be depressed. Those are not reasons for despair. Those are reasons to look for the hand of God. There's a blessing. There's a benefit in those challenges of life. Surrender. Then there's supplication. That's prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12, I'll read it for you. When they'd apprehended him. They put him in prison, delivered him to four quantarians of soldiers to keep him, intending and, and, and after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Listen, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Reminds me of a story. fellow in our church years ago, I, I wasn't a pastor. My dad was a pastor, so it was 36 to 50 years ago. And, 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 he, and he had an accident, and he cut his arm. It was pretty bad, and he said, Preacher, I prayed. And then he said, on the way to the hospital, uh, they told me that the vein had bursted, had been cut. And, uh, and he's, the, here's what he said, then I really prayed. <laughs> you know, there's a difference in praying and really praying. Huh? Now, he was really praying the first time. He was really praying after that. You know, a lot of Christians can say, I pray. You let a challenge come, then we'll say, I really prayed then. They prayed when Peter preached on Sunday. They came to church on Sunday, found out that he was in prison and was going to be killed on Easter after Easter. They really prayed then. Can I tell you something? Challenge can bring you closer to God. Don't get mad at him. Get close to him. He's the only one who can help you. Don't don't get upset at God. There are folks this morning. I have prayed with you. I've wept with you. I've cried with you this uh, this week. I've prayed with you on the phone. I've prayed with you in person. I've sat with folks that are hurting this week. And I want to tell you something. Don't be mad at the God that can help you. Go to God in prayer. Great supplication was made for Peter. By the way, their prayer was answered. It's an interesting thing. Peter gets out of jail. He goes to where the prayer meeting is, and door's locked. He knocks on the front door. The lady, Rhoda, she comes to the door. You know what she says? She says what you and I usually say: "God answers a prayer." And we say, "I can't believe it." She didn't believe it was Peter had to go ahead to knock again. He had nearly knocked the door down to get in the house that God had uh, let him out of jail. Isn't that how we are? We have, prayer, we have faith enough to pray and really pray and then God answers the prayer and we say, wow, I can't believe it. That's amazing. Challenge brings supplication. Let me give you the last one. Prayer brings steadfastness. I'm sorry, challenge brings a steadfastness. Think of the disciples. They were great men of service. These men worked and they served and they worked and they served. There were times that they were so weary and tired and the Lord Jesus said to them, I want you to come apart and I want you to rest for a while. But we find that these men would often fail. Thomas, when they told Thomas that Jesus had raised from the dead, he said, I won't believe that, not unless I see his hands. I I, I won't see it unless I can, I, I won't believe it unless I can see it. There were times Peter got mad and during ministry and he just quit and he said, I'm going back to fishing. You find the disciples were men. They were good men. They were growing men. But when Jesus ascended back to heaven, it increased their steadfastness. Those men came to the place that they actually, most of them died for the cause of Christ. Don't you let the devil discourage you to the place you say, I quit. You tell the devil, as long as you fight, I'm going to dig in deeper. As long as you fight, I'm going to pray longer. As long as you challenge me, I'm going to read the word more. And every time, Satan, you fight against me, I am going to be that much stronger. For you see, it is resistance that increases its strength. Don't run from what can make you stronger. I've faced the challenge with faith in God saying, in this challenge and in this change and in this difficulty of life, I'll not quit. I'll find the blessing. I'll find the benefit of what God is doing. Are you with me this morning? Many of you face challenges, some I don't know about. I don't want you to pray when you get beside your bed at night. I don't want you think of when you wake up in the wee hours and you wonder about a child or a grandchild or a family member and somebody that you're worried about and you're concerned for. Can I tell you something? Don't despair. There's not a miracle in that book that's not connected to a challenge. These songs came from challenges, changes, and difficulty. There's a blessing, there's a benefit in what we're facing. Stand with me if you will. This last year, what's going on has been a challenge with COVID and all of that. I've probably preached to more people, multiplied thousands of people, Because many folks started watching and looking for sermons. I hear from people all over America. In fact, I hear from a half a dozen to ten foreign countries every week. Many are watching the service today. You know where it came from? A challenge. Don't quit. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us not to turn loose of the truth of this message. Because church service will soon end doesn't mean the truth is expired, but Lord, it is for us to use in our life. And I pray that there'll be folks today that will say, I'm going to commit to turning this challenge into a blessing. I'm going to yield to God. I'm going to surrender to God. I'm going to turn this into a blessing in my life. I pray for those here that have not accepted you as Savior today they would accept you as Savior. I pray that those, Lord, that are struggling, they not be discouraged, but they decide, I'm going to dig in and press on. Bless your invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.